This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. You looking to sell your home? At realestateagentsitrust.com, our goal is to ease the stress of home selling by helping you sell your home as quickly as possible at the best price possible. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I want to thank you. In just the last few months, thousands of Blaze Radio listeners just like you have contacted our agents. So if you're thinking of selling your home or if you want help buying a home, go to realestateagentsitrust.com and let our individually selected agents earn your business. realestateagentsitrust.com Back. Where do you go to get these? Patentstew.com. That's pretty easy. Patentstew.com. Not the ampersand and, however. It's the A-N-D. Pat Correct. A-N-D stew. Correct. Now, it's a play on, uh, obviously, uh, Better Call Saul. Right. Uh, which is a great show, by the way. Gotta call Saul. Um, but Alinsky. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and has Does, all, his, all uh, his insults on there. That's uh, great. The picture of Donald Trump. That's good. And it made me laugh. So Bad hair, choker. This, this is not a fat guy uh, that I'm holding in my hand. It isn't a fat guy uh, size. This is not a fat guy size. No. I think your 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 impression of what no. is overweight no. is maybe different than others. <laughs> this is <laughs> not a food. Uh, all right. Perhaps. I mean, that looks different. pretty fat guy to me. Not the um, one. No, that's not big enough for you. Really? Not for the real. One I have in my hand. But. All right. Okay. See about this one. Is this one big enough for you? Oh, uh, it didn't carry all the way. No, but. it didn't. It's a crappy thrill, actually. No, it's too light an item. <laughs> the, the wind resistance was too much on. Mm-hmm. Ooh, see, there you go. Yeah, this, this actually, yes, this. Yeah, one. that one fits. Yeah, this is a fat guy size. All right. So we do carry fat guy sizes. Pat and Stew dot com. Pat and Stew okay, good. Or patandstew dot com. Good. Triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. We thought we'd show you the uh, Trump pledge from the other day because it's, you know, we were impressed by it. It's. There, there's been other leaders in the past who have had people do pledges similar to this and, you know, raise their arms in support. I, I think it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's I, the most beautiful thing. It, it is. And, uh, and here's, uh, here's a look at the Saturday night rally in Orlando, Florida with Donald Trump. Everybody here, who likes me in this room? <laughs> so stupid. Who likes okay. me in this room? I've never done this before. Can I have a pledge, a swearing? Raise your right hand. So great. Because he's doing it in a pledge way. They're all doing it in a Hitler way. 
that I, no matter how I feel, no matter what the conditions, if there's hurricanes or whatever, that's good enough, will vote on or before the 12th for Donald J. Trump for president. Um, no. Now I know. <laughs> That's a great thing on the bottom there. Florida will hold its primary on the 15th. He said honor before the 12th. I guess he's going to be trying to go for early voting. Bad things but... happen if you don't live up to what you just did. Wow. Bad things happen. They're going to find out what happens. Yep. And it's not going to be good. No. Um, you know, giving the, encouraging your audience to give the Hitler salute, bad idea. That's going to be it. That's a mm -hmm. rule number one of politics, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, and the only, rule number two is don't have them uh, grow Hitler mustaches and then go out and support you. And rule three is don't have them have white hoods on. Yeah. Uh, those are the three main <clears throat> rules of politics. Uh, and Trump's don't, a rule breaker. Don't remind people in any way of Hitler. And he's really violated that rule <laughs> yeah. a lot. Now, look, I mean, you know, he put his arm up like this. I mean, that is not the Hitler salute by any means. But everyone in the audience who wanting to be seen by Donald Trump, they all extended their arms a little higher and did not look good. Uh, not, not good optics. Again, this is the guy who's supposed to be the master media manipulator, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, this is the guy who's supposed to know all the rules and be able to get the media to say anything he wants. And Mr. Always ratings. Mr. Ratings, we they know about him. that. Uh, I mean, you don't encourage your audience to do that. That's uh, really stupid. Really stupid. Uh, he doesn't care. And maybe that'll work out for him. Who knows? I mean, he, it's worked out for him all the way to 34% of the vote so far. And a magical achievement. Uh, if he gets down to, two to uh, a two-person race, by the way, poll came out today. Marco Rubio beats him 51-45. Ted Cruz beats him 54-41. So six-point win for Rubio, 13-point win for Cruz. Wow. I, I mean, that says a lot about Rubio getting out of the race to clear the path for Ted Cruz, doesn't it? It just, I mean... It would be nice. Yeah, it really would. And, I, and it, it's kind of counterintuitive because you would think that Rubio is maybe sapping more from Trump than he is Cruz. Wouldn't you? Uh, no. Well, it depends. If you look at it from an ideology perspective, I think you're right. Like, if you were to put these three guys on a scale of ideology, mm -hmm. it would be the furthest left would be Trump. The middle guy would be Rubio, mm -hmm. and the guy on the right would be Cruz, right? right. That's my right. Yep. That's your, that's your left. You know what I'm saying? So that's the way you would do it. So if you, what you want to do is take the guy out that's furthest away from Trump, because those votes aren't likely to skip over the middle candidate and go all the way to Trump. Mm -hmm. So if it's an ideology election, you might say, if you want to win and just stop Trump at any cost, you might say Cruz should drop out. Now, of course, he's winning, so he's not going to drop out now, but you could say that. But is this uh, an ideology election or is it an establishment versus uh, anti-establishment election? If you put them on that scale, you have Trump, who is the furthest to, let's say, uh, the anti-establishment. Again, in people's minds, I don't agree with that analysis, but they would say Trump is all the way over on one side. Then Cruz, who is, has some establishment, he's in the, he's in the Senate, right, but mm -hmm. is mostly anti-establishment. He'd be in the middle, and then Rubio would be the most establishment of that group. Right. Mm -hmm. So there you definitely want Rubio to drop out. So if you think it's a, an establishment versus anti-establishment election, you want Rubio out of there because Cruz can beat Trump. He beats him uh, by a bigger margin. Uh, and I think honestly, like would do really well. 
Uh, I think he could probably win fairly easily if this was down to a two-person race. The question is, will that happen? What do you make of this uh, supposed inside the Rubio camp debate that he should get out before he gets embarrassed in his home state? Largely BS, I think. You it think is. so? Yes. I do not think mm -hmm. it's real. Um, I do not think he's going to drop out before then. Well, I don't either, but uh, are you think there are people in his camp? That... I was saying a lot. It seemed like they were pulling back on that story because they initially reported it as mm -hmm. many, peop many people or many advisors or several mm -hmm. advisors. Then it was just like an advisor. Then it was just like a source. Like it, it seemed it was like, like somebody in Florida said this. Some guy I talked to. <laughs> he got to that point. <laughs> that then was, it was this. It, I got guy, a call in my office, and he told me that uh, yeah. the Rubio needs to drop out, <laughs> and he said he didn't pay his taxes for the last fifteen years. <laughs> Which so is weird. yeah, it's yeah. weird. Mm. I don't know how that. Uh, so I don't know. I kind of confluence there, but it did. I tend to believe it's not legitimate. I mean, like if you're well, the guy won Puerto Rico, you don't want him out yet. He but I mean, won Puerto Rico. I mean, we joke because I, I mean, you know, not, not that we joke about Puerto Rico, but we joke about you know not being a big mm -hmm. deal. It wasn't a highly talked about, but he won 23 delegates there, mm -hmm. which uh, is you know a pretty big win for him. I mean, he won t all 23. Um, I mean. <laughs> You know. For him, when he's not winning any, yeah. But I mean, like, let's, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at, uh, bringing up my sheet here real quick. Where is it? There it is, I think. Yeah, here we go. Um, you know, uh, for for a point of comparison, Ted Cruz mm -hmm. won eight delegates in Iowa. He won one. He won three times as many delegates as Ted Cruz won in Iowa in Puerto Rico, and nobody talked about it. Really? So yeah, Ted Cruz won eight. Donald Trump won seven. Um, Marco Rubio won seven. In Iowa, New Hampshire was uh, again. So there's only there's less delegates in Iowa than Puerto Rico. Uh, Seven, fourteen, twenty-two, twenty-three. There's the exact same amount, but it's. I mean, he. Holy crap! Split. Right, like so, it's not a nothing, right? That's amazing. I mean, um, and it, uh, New Hampshire, for example, another big one. Everyone talked about. Uh -huh. uh, Trump won eleven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, South Carolina was bigger, but uh, again, in Nevada, another big Trump win. He won fourteen. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, Alaska, Cruz won 12. Uh, you know, really, as far as bigger wins in the entire thing, you have uh, uh, South Carolina, 50 for, for Donald Trump, 36 for Trump in uh, Alabama, um, and then Georgia, he had 40. And Tennessee, he won 31. Cruz won 102. In Texas. In Texas. But, I mean, mm -hmm. outside of that, I mean, Kansas, I guess, uh, Cruz looks like he's going to win 24 in Kansas. So, But, I mean, it's, it was a pretty good win. It's not nothing. Um, and I'm sure uh, Rubio's people are trying to make that argument. Um, but because it's not a state, you know, people are going to look at that and say, well, it's not, you know. But, yeah, it's U.S. citizens. They get a right to vote. So the, the – uh, I was uh, just looking at the news, and they're showing the latest poll, I guess. Uh, I think it's a Fox News poll. I'm not sure. Uh, from Florida, and it looks like uh, Trump 38, Rubio 30. Yeah, it's not a it's a Monmouth poll, I think. Cruz 17. Um, that, yes. sucks. Uh, that sucks. Yes, 38, 30 is Monmouth. Monmouth, okay. That's by the way the best poll if you don't like Donald Trump. Uh, there are much worse polls. In fact, one that came out afterwards, which was the uh, Bay News 9 uh, uh, poll. I remember Bay News 9 from back in the day. Bay News 9. Uh, 40, Trump 42, Rubio 22, Cruz 17. Live, local, and late-breaking. Is that what they are? Are they? Is that probably? Yeah, that's, a, that's a bright house. They're twenty-four-seven. Okay. Yeah, All it's right. like their own. Like the own. That yes. one's Tampa, right? That yeah. Bay News Nine was Tampa. Who's the guy in, the, in Bay News Nine we used to have on the show every once in a while? Do you remember? Really yes. nice guy. He's a great guy. Yeah. Love him. Yeah. It's been a while. Well, I know it has. Um, all right. So, uh, so that's what's. I can't remember. We've got four states today. 
get uh, get a little Mississippi action, which is an open primary, as we kind of pointed out at the end of the show there, mm -hmm. uh, but no early voting. You've got Michigan, which has no early voting. You have uh, Hawaii, and mm. uh, what's the fourth one there? Uh, Idaho. Idaho. Yes, of course. Idaho. Uh, I, you got, I love your potatoes, is what Trump was saying yesterday. <laughs> did he say that? Yeah. I, he tweeted something about, did you see the one where he's going to protect the market of, of Idaho potatoes, <laughs> Jeffy? Can you pull that? You know that? Now, which is interesting because... We're not going to grow our potatoes in Mexico? I guess, like, first of all, whoever else grows potatoes is no longer going to be able to grow potatoes? Is that... <laughs> what do you mean you're going to protect their market? And by the way, their market is an export market. Idaho exports potatoes. Nobody grows them better. I mean, they're pretty good. Well, that is true. Well, that, Idaho potatoes are by far the best. I don't give me that Washington potato thing. Don't do it. Thank you. Don't Idaho, even do I it. I don't even want your Utah potatoes. I Nobody want grows them Idaho better. potatoes. This I will said. protect your market. I will protect your market. What, do you what does that mean? Again, a protectionist <laughs> sentiment yet again. I will protect your market. Um, again, he's just what? he's pandering, right? The same thing <laughs> happened with the uh, Is somebody after the potato market in Idaho that I don't know about? I don't know. I mean, you yeah, don't need Pocatello to be protected. under attack you right know now. The, you know how Idaho potatoes are protected by the market? By the free market, because they keep winning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. They don't need your protection, Everybody Donald. knows they have good potatoes in Idaho. Right. Everybody good. wants Idaho potatoes. I always look for the Idaho potatoes on the bag. I don't, I don't care who the other people are involved. You just know so the potatoes came from Idaho. I want to know that. Do you have the Florida one where he lied on that one? Oh, my gosh. This is a great one Jeffy found today, um, which is t t Donald Trump tweeting about how he has so many employees at his Trump hotel. Oh, that in was in Hawaii. Hawaii. In Hawaii. Yeah, in Hawaii. Yeah, did he, I not say Hawaii? I meant to say no. Uh, CBS called him out on that, yeah. Yeah. CBS called him out on that because he said, uh, I love Hawaii. I hire thousands of people in Hawaii. I'll be there shortly. Vote for me. Right. And CBS is like, um... You don't no. hire anybody in Hawaii. No, no because one. that Zero. hotel, uh, the Trump Hotel on Waikiki Beach, <laughs> you is don't own just it. your name. That's so great. You have no power, nothing to I, do with it but your name. It shows what a stinking liar he is. He's an absolute bald-faced liar it's over constant. and over. I don't know that anything truthful ever comes out of his mouth. <laughs> I really don't. I don't know if, if he's ever said a true thing in his life. It's really amazing. The, uh, this is a, another one. Uh, the Federalist did a breakdown of his health care program, which mm -hmm. is great. He's got a seven-point health care program. Uh, completely repeal Obamacare, modify existing law that inhibits the sale of health insurance across state lines, um, uh, allow individuals to deduct health insurance premium payments, uh, allow individuals to use health savings accounts, um, uh, uh, require price transparency from health care providers, uh, Medicaid, block grant Medicaid to the states, remove barriers into entry of free markets for drug providers. So uh, their breakdown is, uh, and again, like the health savings account is something that's a good idea, but it already exists, right? Like that's mm -hmm. not a, that's a <laughs> okay, so there is, to sum up, Trump's seven-point health care plan, points two, three, five, and seven are either meaningless or bad ideas. Point four is probably a good idea. Point six is a genuinely great idea, but not unique to Trump. And point one, repealing, repealing Obamacare, is only a good idea if you replace it with something better. <laughs> so I mean, even when he's mm. not writing his proposals and just throw, it's like someone else wrote that it was like essentially he just copy and pasted a couple from a couple of conservative-leaning op-eds and just put, put, put a bunch mm -hmm. of things together. Mm -hmm. Like these, It's so bad. It's so embarrassing and yet here we are with him having a chance. I mean, mm -hmm. four states today, he could easily win uh, at least three of them, I would say. Could easily happen with Trump again. Although I think Cruz might surprise. I mean, I think, I think he's got a really good chance at Idaho. I think he's probably going to come close in Mississippi. 
I don't know what the heck's going to happen in, in Hawaii, although I kind of... I think he wins Idaho and Mississippi. That's, I'm going to go out on that limb mm-hmm. and say Cruz wins Idaho, Cruz wins Mississippi. I, probably not Michigan. I'd, I'd love for him yeah. to win Michigan, but... Uh, and maybe the polls are wrong. Yeah, I, look, I mean... I hope so. I hope know, and pray they are. It's not... It's not there's nothing and then who cares? If he, if he wins those three states, who cares what happens with Hawaii? Yes, they're on their own. I would say that's true at that point. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah. Again, there's more uh, more delegates in Puerto Rico than Hawaii. <laughs> so I mean, I, you know, what are you going to do? There's more in Idaho than Puerto Rico, though. Is that true? Is yes. Is 32, I believe. Is uh, yeah. The, the rundown for Idaho delegates number. today: uh, 19 in Hawaii, 32 in Idaho, 59 in Michigan, 40 in Mississippi. That's all that growth around the Boise metropolitan area, really? Stu. Yeah, Boise's becoming that is awful a, nice. It's become a, last, we were, it was really Boise's pretty becoming we a big boy town. It really is. It's uh, I bet there's about 500,000 in the metro area there. It's pretty big. Half a million. That's, That's a lot for Idaho. You know, that's a lot. There was a time, a time when that was just a, a small little town, you know, 150,000 people or so. But, now it's uh, Boise, Idaho. It's a big little town. It, it's, it's that potato business. <laughs> and he, luckily, he's got somebody who's got to protect their market. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think in Boise, too, I think there's a lot of Microsoft going on there um, in Boise. I, I'm not sure. I can't remember what, but something. Uh, if you live in Boise, let us know because we, nah. we love Boise nah. as long as you vote for Ted Cruz today. Right, yeah. Then yeah. you can call as much as you want tomorrow. Sure. 888 back. Uh, more Pat and Stu coming up in just a sec. One of the big things in the election has been talking about jobs. Uh, and, you know, when you're owning a business or you want to hire some people, hiring the right people, crucial for success. A company is only as good as its people, after all, of course. And finding the right employees takes time. You, you, the, the issue, of course, is you can't afford to waste lots of time looking for employees, especially when people leave, you get short-staffed, you have less people to do the work you need to do to sort through all the employees. That's why you need to go to, with ZipRecruiter. The Blaze uses ZipRecruiter uh, all the time. We've hired great people whose skills have been essential to our success. With ZipRecruiter, you can find out uh, how to get all these qualified candidates in a fraction of the time. They're going to post to over 100 job sites uh, with one single click for you. So you'll have people pouring in uh, for uh, as available candidates. And then ZipRecruiter will help sort through them so you get the Jeffies out of the way and you have the actual good employees. Uh, and you'll get brand new recru- uh, people into the ZipRecruiter database. It's been used by over 400,000 businesses, including this one that you're watching right now. Today you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash blaze. Why not? It's free. ZipRecruiter.com slash blaze. Give it a shot today. ZipRecruiter.com slash blaze for your free trial. ZipRecruiter.com slash blaze. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. Seventy-seven back, Pat and Stu. Yeah, I, I've I've kind of reached the point where I'm kind of done uh, babying the Trump bots. No. <laughs> I'm just oh, I'm... I'm so fed up. Yeah. I'm not even. I, I just I take all the gloves off. They're idiots. They're morons. Whoa. They're seriously. I mean, 
they fill up my Facebook page with such vile uh And you're not nonsense. supposed to be able to fight back? Huh? And you're not supposed to be able to fight back? Who's making these rules? I don't care about that. I mean, I would like them to maybe put something of substance in defense of their guy. There's nothing. There. But there is nothing. Again, I, nothing. I said this months ago, but I have yet to, to this day, I have never heard a coherent defense of Donald Trump. There isn't one. There has never been a coherent argument for Donald Trump. What other they, than, I'm angry. What they do is what he does. Yeah. They just attack the person who doesn't like them. Right. I him. I, I've never, I've literally oh, never heard it. Just unreal. And like, I mean, you know, I'm, I, again, I, you know, I have a long history of loving Donald Trump from when I was a kid. This is not something I don't re reflexively think he's a horrible guy. No, we've it's, never, we've never done that. No. It's just that he is a... He's, I mean, he's not a, a conservative. And, and, we don't want him as president. He was bad before this campaign. But if this campaign yeah, can't... I mean, he's running a campaign to convince you he's horrible. Yeah. That's basically the way he's running it. And, you know, there's still people, a few people... At least I'm convinced. With him. But there, I, I've realized there's no fact simple enough to get a Trump person to understand it. No. There's no fact simple <laughs> enough. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. I, I seriously, in my lifetime, have never seen the like of it. Never in my life have I seen, even, uh, as I mentioned on my Facebook page, even the Obama supporters are not this stupid. They're not this vile. They're not this moronic. Um, it's amazing. It is. It's amazing. I mean, they, they have the logic of Spock in comparison to the Trumpies. Uh, it's unbelievable stuff. Um, but apparently not to risk a Trump victory or even a Cruz victory uh, Michael Bloomberg has ruled out an independent run for president, so yep. we lost him. He writes, the we current presidential him. candidates are offering scapegoats instead of solutions, oh, and they are promising man. results they can't possibly deliver. Mm -hmm. As the race stands now, with Republicans inside, in charge of both houses, there's a good chance that my candidacy could lead to the election of Donald Trump or Ted Cruz. That is not a risk I can take in good conscience. I have always known Mr. Mm -hmm. Trump casually for many years. Shocking. Another guy he's hanging out with. Mm -hmm. um, and we've always been on friendly terms. I even agreed to appear on The Apprentice twice. But he has run the most divisive and demagogic presidential, ca presidential campaign I can remember preying on people's prejudices and mm -hmm. fears. Mm -hmm. Abraham Lincoln, the father of the Republican Party, appeared to our better, better angels. Trump appears to our worst impulses. I mean, I mean Don, uh, but Michael Bloomberg would be as bad a president as, as Donald Trump. Um, but, uh, you know, he's right here in that. Uh, you know, Trump is really, you know, look, he's he's taking he takes everything to the extreme. Somebody a while ago, I don't remember who it was, said people are mistaking. I'm paraphrasing here, but people are mistaking uh, Donald Trump for a guy who's against the system. When what he really is, is he's he is different than the system. He's the system times a thousand. So like everything that he does, like, for example, lying, you know, every politician lies. We know this. Mm -hmm. Um, but he lies at a rate never before seen by mankind. Mm -hmm. uh, he is, has a big ego. But Trump has a bigger ego than anybody has ever seen before. He is a guy who plays both sides of the aisle. But no one's played both sides of the aisle more than Donald Trump. And gleefully. He's a guy who will say anything he needs to do at any moment yeah. to benefit himself. But Trump does that gleefully. He's a guy who will, who will manipulate the country and hurt the country for his own personal uh, uh, benefit. But Trump does that a thousand times more than anyone else we've ever seen. And so it feels different because he's being so overt about how awful he is. But that's not a good thing. It's not a positive. I wonder if we've learned some things, though, here from the Trump campaign. Because he, in, any of the negatives that are, 
that are should be negative to Republicans. He just freely admits them and and acts as if they're positives. I, I wonder if others could take that and use it. Like they'll say, uh, you know, you've donated money over and over and over again to Hillary Clinton and Harry Reid and Chuck Schumer. Yes, yes, I have. Yeah, because I, yeah, and that's a good thing. Well, no, it isn't. But because he's not offended by it, he's not defensive of it, he just accepts it and then makes it a good thing. Maybe that's the tactic people need to use more often. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think there is something to do, and this is one of the reasons I like Cruz, is he's unapologetic about what he believes. Yeah. Um, and I, I do like that. He doesn't. He's not like you know. You know, Mitt Romney would be like, oh well, I didn't mean this and I didn't mean that. And here, you know, he was always mm-hmm. justifying what he was saying. And, you know, Cruz is much more forceful. Apologized over and over and over for the forty-seven percent thing, and that hurt him. Yeah, which hurt I mean, him. You know, again, like was it's bizarre because yeah. it's tr- essentially it's just true. a true fact yeah. from the IRS it's registers. Statement. It's not like particularly difficult to you know follow. Um, you know, I mean, and it, it's only income tax. I mean, that's the one. Um, addition to that. I mean, it's not every tax, but it's just income tax. But still, it's a relatively accurate. I think, I don't know what the exact number is. It's between 46 and 50. Um, but, uh, you know, he did, he, he, he did eventually start apologizing for that like crazy. I remember when it happened, I was like, it's true. Yeah, just yeah, to, I mean, accept it. It's a Go very with it. widely talked about number right. on talk radio, for example, because, you know, you're in a long form discussion. And I guess it what it seemed like more than anything is because I bet if he said it in a speech, it wouldn't have been that big a deal. I think because it was behind closed doors, it looked like he was telling mm-hmm. people something that maybe you know, he wouldn't tell anybody else. Yeah. Um, you know, so I don't know. Uh, that's kind of a, a it's it's a weird thing. I think at, at some level that is part of it. People like the fact that he just doesn't care. Um, it's not really a, a good way to pick a president, though. It doesn't seem like it. No. no. And, and by the way, like these it. things, you can argue that these things have worked. However, they put him in the worst position possible for the general election. And I mean, maybe they've worked for a very small percentage of a divided field. I mean, a third of the vote is nothing to write home about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, and of course, he's beating Ted Cruz, so Cruz has less to write home about at this particular moment. But, you know, he is, we have not seen. Uh, any ability for him to expand that. Uh, he's lo- he keeps saying, oh, I'm bringing all these Democrats in. Well, why are your gra- numbers worse than everyone else with Democrats and independents? Right. They're worse than everybody else's numbers in every category. The only thing he's doing is pulling a third of Republican voters, which right now continues to be enough. Mm-hmm. And you look at these winner-take-all states, I mean, he's going to have to lose a bunch of those to, to not get this nomination, or at least not get it to a contested convention. Contested convention, I... I I still feel like it's a pretty good possibility. There's one predict. There's one prediction site that had it at only a 33 percent possibility, but that's still really high. We never have a 33 percent possibility of a contested convention, and this never happens. Mm-hmm. It really, is an amazing uh, cycle. Crazy. It's I again never seen anything like it. Meanwhile, in New York, um, Bill De Blasio, who's essentially a communist, signed an executive order on Monday taking all gender restrictions off of city-owned bathrooms. So that means now that anyone, male or female, can enter any bathroom for male or female at city playgrounds, pools, or offices without worry or hesitation and will never have to show ID to prove your identity. (laughs) So men can go into women's bathrooms, women can go into men's bathrooms. No. Anything goes. No, 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 no. It's a matter of how you feel that day. No, it isn't. It's not, it's no, a, it isn't. It's good. No. It's important. 
It is not important. So they're not even doing that game. They're, they're not, not even playing, playing, playing that game. game. He's not even playing that game. Just go in whenever you want. Just go in wherever you want. You don't even have to say, uh, well, uh, today I'm feeling like a female. Yeah, yesterday I went in a man's bathroom, but today, since I saw that hot blonde go in there, I feel like a female. And uh, I'm going to go in there. <laughs> you don't even bathroom. have to play that. You it's just go in. Well, I've designated just bathrooms. Just, just bathrooms. bathrooms. For all city bathrooms. Uh, yeah, this does say here, the bill doesn't require agencies to build new single-stall restroom or locker room facilities, but instead enforces that, uh, that all individuals, including those that are transgender or non gender non-conforming, are free to use single-sex facilities consistent with their gender identity. See? So you, they're oh, saying... So, they're, okay, they are second. saying... It's a, the article so nobody kind of, can uh, lie, Pat. <laughs> right. Okay? Yeah, you can't you lie can't about lie. that. You I don't know. I mean, I don't know. That. I think there'd be an argument, right? I mean, yes, And, of would. course, you could always just... There's no, there's no... I don't know if anyone knows this, but there's no way to prove your gender identity. I know it's crazy. Um, so, I mean, you could say whatever you want. I love his justification for this, though, because it's just... It's so great. There's 8 million people in New York. There's 25,000 gender nonconformists, they say, 0.3% population. So this, this law is changing for 0.3% of the population. Why? Because they need to feel safe, okay? Mm -hmm. Because apparently they don't feel safe going in. Like if you're a, a person who has male parts but identifies as a female, um, mm -hmm. going into the male bathroom makes you feel unsafe, apparently. For some, for now, don't reason. worry about how the women feel this when a point. freaking man walks in there. Right. So listen to the, look at this quote. Uh, every New Yorker, every New Yorker should feel safe in our city, and this starts with our city buildings. So every New Yorker should feel safe. However, you just created a rule in which men can go into women's bathrooms. Uh -huh. by, and by just simply saying, and I know this is so hateful, but by simply saying, I'm identifying as a female. Just by simply saying that, um, they are able to go into the other restroom. That's, Will that make women feel safe? That is not hateful, because we're saying it about heterosexuals. And about uh, people who know their gender right. will pretend yeah. not to. It has nothing to do with the transgender. It has to do with some perv wanting to go into the... I mean, Jeffy exists and is sometimes in New York. Do you want that? Do you, Bill de Blasio? No, we know you don't. If we were in New York right now, you would, Jeff, we would be sending Jeffy into every female bathroom in America, in the, in the entire city, I think. Uh, every city building, Jeffy would just be walking in, doing reports live. Hi, I'm identifying as a female. And Can you imagine? Scene. Oh, you would love oh that. You would love First that. Of, I was just thinking that we should be probably the do day of your some, life. some reports from here. Well, well the, they, the law we don't have that rule exists. Well, I am, okay. we pretend you want pretend to pretend? We were in New York. Yeah, pretend not. we were in New York? Yeah, just, follow the but you'll get arrested, Jeffy. I agree. Oh, we're we should do we're this. In New York. Yeah, we, we should, should do this. this. Uh, pretend we're in New York. That's a good idea, Jeffy. You should try it. Nuts, man. What a crazy world. I mean, that's, I, look, it's amazing. It's one thing to mm. try to, to, to be nice and, and to, to do a blanket policy in which every man can go into women's bathroom no. whenever they want because they say that they have a different gender identity. Like, it's so unbelievable that that's the, the good position. You know, the good position right. is we need to make sure that the 0.3% of the population uh, can, can feel a little bit more comfortable while making potentially half the population feel or uh, uncomfortable or more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's look, yes, most people are not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go to the city and be like, you know what, I feel like going in the women's bathroom. And therefore, I'm going to say my gender identity. But there are Jeffies. They're all over New York City. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not as bad as Jeffy, but they're similar to Jeffy. They're bad people doing bad things. <laughs> 
Oh, because I uh, identify as a woman in New York? Uh, that's bad? Okay, hater. They're lying, is what I'm saying. I mean, look. Look at the candidates that, that New York produces. <clears throat> Tell me if you don't think they're liars. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. More patents do coming up. You know, when you're not prepared, you have to rely on other people. And during an emergency, that's just not advisable because you want to be in control of things yourself. You want to be able to support your family. You want to be able to feed your family and yourself. It's kind of basic, Pat. Yeah. Uh, when you're a parent, uh, when you're a husband, when you are, uh, you have a house that you're, uh, you know, I mean, I hate to say you're the head of the household because that's obviously hateful, mm -hmm. uh, especially if you're identifying as a female um, then or your male who knows it's just it gets very confusing but you're supposed to be able to prepare for the people that you are provide for the people that you love and, you, and to do that again I was you know count on going to the ATM and pulling out money and going to the convenience store that that option might not be there for you in an emergency situation that's why my patron supplies mm -hmm. put together a four-week emergency food supply for only $99 yeah you get 140 servings of food 140 servings it lasts up to 25 years just call them, find out about free shipping, how to get that too. It's a great special, and you can get it by calling 888-411-5290, 888-411-5290 right now. Or you can go online too at preparewiththeblaze.com. Now, this uh, particular offer, there's limit two uh, per uh, customer. We call it the Jeffy Rule. It's the Jeffy Rule. And by the way, we should point out, just to keep the lawyers happy, uh, it's 140 servings or three Jeffy servings. Right. Uh, so give it, <laughs> that's, that's the lawyers? That's the lawyers. Yeah, they're okay. very much, they're oh, like, yeah. hey, wait about people are going to want about the Jeffy. Wait a minute, if they're Jeffy and they come in, they, hey, wait, this is not 140 servings. Yes, three Jeffy servings or 140 normal human servings. Uh, four week food supply. 99 bucks 888-411-5290 888-411-5290 or prepare with the blaze.com triple eight seven two seven back it's pat and stew uh this is getting fun because more and more now uh, liberals are starting to eat their own because there are so many progressive racists that uh, other progressives are discovering this and saying, hey, wait a minute. Uh, what about this Woodrow Wilson cat? Should he be celebrated at Princeton University? I don't think so. No, I think you're right. He probably shouldn't be because he was, I don't know, a racist. Um, so now a committee has recommended revoking Har Harvard Law School's seal due to slavery ties. Mm. Committee tasked with evaluating Harvard Law's seal uh, has recommended revoking it. Uh, it contains the crest of a slave-owning family. So, it, I mean, that's the tie to racism. The family had a seal. The seal has nothing to do with slavery, but the family owns slaves. That's how silly this has become. The seal contains the crest of the family of Isaac Royal Jr., a man who played an integral part in the development of Harvard Law. Uh, but because the royal family garnered much of their wealth through the slave trade, committee recommended in 10-2 vote that the seal no longer could be used as an official symbol of the school. Committee recognizes that on an issue that elicits such strong feelings, we can and should acknowledge those feelings but we cannot and should not presume to judge which feelings are valid 
and which are not. Right, yes. Unless, well, I mean, if your feelings are obviously something that disagree with progressivism. Then we shouldn't. Then we should not have those feelings. Instead, we must do what so many members of the law school community uh, who commented did. And what is incumbent upon us, members of an academic, academic university community, to do, which is to decide in a reason and principled manner. <laughs> when did they ever decide things in a reasoned and principled manner? They do not. They, they never do. Our recommendation is limited to the symbol that officially represents Harvard Law School and the law school community and to the larger world. It's that symbol that we request the president and fellows to release us from. Uh, so they did a straw poll last week at Harvard Law. 54.6% of the students polled uh, said they support changing the seal compared to 31% who wanted to acknowledge the seal's connection to slavery while still keeping it. <laughs> uh, but let's tie this back to the previous uh, segment for a second. Mm -hmm. Let's say, would you consider the idea of having um, men walk into women's bathrooms and say... Hey, I'm identifying as a woman today. Uh, is that a controversial issue? Does that elicit strong feelings? Yes. On both sides? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, committee, committee recognizes that on an issue that elicits such strong feelings, we can and should acknowledge those feelings, but we cannot and should not presume to judge which feelings are valid and which are not. Complete opposite of the way they actually handle things when it's a lib when it's a issue that conservatives might agree with. Right. They wouldn't. They don't. Your your idea that you don't want men in your bathroom <laughs> is not a valid feeling. It's a it's a hateful mm -hmm. feeling. Mm -hmm. It's a it's it's based on um, you know disgusting uh, our worst impulses as they would say, and it's like well wait a minute you know is it really um, you know uh, it's like and is that that they don't give any. This is like whether we should be liberal or super liberal, and then we have to say both sides are very, very interesting and both sides are valid. When it's liberal or conservative or progressive and conservative, then, well, then it, you know, only one side is valid. Right. It's an interesting way to win arguments. It seems to work, yeah, at least it, sometimes. It's worked really well for them for about 100 years now. Um, this is kind of interesting, too, because in uh, politically correct Germany, they're having a little bit of issue. Uh, they're having an issue with the refugees. We talked about it yesterday. Talked about it quite a bit over the last few months because they have over one million refugees in the last year. And it's kind of overwhelmed the system and they're creating some problems. Uh, well, an increasing number of public canteens, child daycare uh, centers and schools. So canteens or cafes um, have stopped serving sausage, bacon and ham because of Muslim food considerations. Now members of uh, Chancellor Angela Merkel's party are fighting to keep pork on the menu, insisting the consumption of pork is part of German culture. Yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah. I would yeah. say it's almost all of German I culture. I mean, come on. And there's Nazis and pork. That's really about it. Jeez. It's kind of the whole thing. It's a beer there, if, some cars. but are, uh, they, are they forced to go into the cafe? Yes. Oh. Are they the, the refugees? Refugees are forced to They're go into forced. all canteens. They must go into every single cafe and, and look and, in fact, sit down and eat pork. They can't even walk there. by it, Pat. Can't walk by it. It's insanity. It, it could... If you don't want pork, don't go in the restaurant. Exactly. I mean, you know. Or if you don't want to eat it, you could just you could go into the restaurant but order something else. But if you don't want to be in a place with pork, don't go in. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, is that, uh, you know, as a guy who doesn't hmm. eat meat, uh, there are a lot of restaurants that serve it. Um, I either don't 
go to a restaurant. If I don't like it, I don't go to the restaurant. But right. for me, or I'll order something that's How not does, made what, out of those what things. Is that, what does that make you feel like? Yeah, I mean, plus, how many people fine. have you killed? How many people have you killed because you were so angry that uh, well, maybe this is the contaminated answer. the city? Maybe if I started killing people uh, over my concerns, people mm -hmm. would listen more often. That's right? the lesson we constantly teach terrorists. Oh, sure well, is. if you don't want people drawing pictures of Mohammed, kill them, and then we'll stop dropping, <laughs> drawing pictures of Mohammed. Uh, really, uh, you know, it's, sure it's it's an odd thing. It's an odd set of incentives we give yeah, terrorists. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's a situation where like there are restaurants that don't serve meat, and you know sometimes yeah. I like going to them because there's more choices for me, and it's it's great. But that doesn't mean that I think that the government should be like, you know what, we should ban other meat at a restaurant because Stu meat. might be offended. Who gives a crap if I'm offended? <laughs> who cares? And who gives a crap Get if these refugees it. are offended? First right. of all, you're from somewhere else. This is what we do here. You don't like it? Get out! <laughs> The word worst is at the wow. end of all of our meals. Get, yeah. get used to it. <laughs> I mean, it is just crazy. Triple eight seven two seven back more patents too is uh, you know inevitable. Yeah. Speaking of food, didn't we just mention food? Does that mean we're supposed to have food? We Where's the sausage? Where's the sausage? We also mentioned it on National Where Pancake is Day. Where, is the, where are the, the pancakes? pancakes? Where are where the pancakes? Where? Triple eight seven two seven back, patents do. Uh, apparently, according to an audit, the feds approved benefits to kids with uh, fake disabilities. Social Security Administration approved disability payments to children with fake disabilities, giving families over seven hundred dollars each each month per child. Uh, the agency's inspector general said families receiving cash benefits for multiple children raised red flags for fraud, identifying one case where a man was able to receive, oh, get this, $77,000 a year in benefits claiming disabilities for all eight of his kids. Mm. <laughs> it's a pretty well, good living, checking huh? this stuff out now? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You know who is big? Yeah, you better, better check that out. That's Jeffy. a story. You're pretty interested I, in that. Like, I'm not a guy who wants uh, the, you know, the government and our funds to be manipulated. But I would say that being Jeffy's kid is somewhat of a disability. Yeah, I would well, say just like true. my dad's Jeffy. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Mm -hmm. I think that's, a, that's not. A, that's not a bad. However, case. is that worth seventy-seven thousand dollars to Jeffy every year? No. <laughs> no. I got to no, tell I'm you. Say no on yes, that. it is. <laughs> no. And my kids should say that every time the government asks. No, uh, it, 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 uh, you know who was big on this was uh, before he left was Tom Coburn, who went through this um, uh, this uh, this whole ridiculous stuff with with the disability system, and, and what they've done is they've essentially made it a. There are obviously there are legitimate uses for the disability system that should be set up front because you know some people really can't work and so that is what the system is designed for uh, because they've been injured or whatever uh, have you know an illness whatever that whatever the situation is where they have a disability what's happened is um, in particularly in rural areas is it's become a secondary unemployment system where if you you go through your unemployment you don't have any left and then you say you have a back problem. And there are doctors who are like, oh, he's got a back problem, write the prescription. And they, billions and billions and billions of dollars of waste mm -hmm. uh, goes to this. You know, and then it just becomes a secondary unemployment. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's... Slash welfare. I mean, you know. A lot of stinking waste. Uh, the vast majority of the kids receiving the $10 billion a year in disability payments are for mental impairments. Most common, 
ADD, ADD and ADHD. So you can get, wow, can you get really, you can really get 700 a month for each child with ADHD? Wow. Uh, that's a good gig if you can get it. And this guy apparently did. Wow. Uh, also, the Fed spent $412,930 studying the relationship between gender and glaciers. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. National Science Foundation spent more than $400,000 on a study that published scientific results on the relationship between gender and glaciers. It was a paper entitled Glaciers, Gender, and Science. Yep. <laughs> it's published in January concluded that, quote, ice is not just ice, unquote. And uh, it urged scientists to take a feminist political ecology and feminist post-colonial approach when they study mel melting ice caps what? and climate change. Well, you got to produce something, right? You get study money, you have to produce something. Come on. So when you get a though. study, you have to produce something at the end of it. It's showing that you actually use the money right. for the study. So whatever it is. I a, mean, grant. Just, well, a grant. A grant? They hope that you produce something in the end, but you don't have to. Hmm. Right, that's a good game. Okay, well, uh, that's a good game. And, and the, grant money. Think about this for a second, because we always toss these things around. They you know, oh, they've spent $400,000 on this meaningless study. I mean, think of what that could have done for a local charity. $400,000 is the entire budget of a pretty big charity. Yeah. Right, like, yeah. and they're just dumping it into a study that we were learning about the gender of ice. <laughs> so weird. So weird. Uh, glaciers are key icons of climate change and global environmental change. Uh, however, the relationships among gender, science, and glaciers, particularly related to epistemological uh, questions about the production of glaciological. Glaciolog glaciological knowledge remain understudied and uh, really difficult to speak. Merging feminist post-colonial science studies and feminist political ecology, the feminist glaciology framework generates <laughs> robust analysis of gender, power, Epistemologies in dynamic social ecological systems, love it. thereby leading to more just and equitable science and human ice interactions. Right. They argue that glaciers uh -huh. can shape religious beliefs the hell? and cultural values. What are you talking and about? That climate change can lead to the breakdown of stereotypical gender roles. Which, again, leads you into the, um, the boys' bathroom when you're a girl. Yep. Yeah. We, we just keep coming back there. Jeez. Again, Jeff, are you going to try that today? <laughs> this is the weirdest thing I've ever heard of. Well, I mean, you told me I have to do a report on it, right? For the show. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, bizarre. I don't even. I, that's one of those. I don't even understand what they're trying. What they're going. I, for. I don't either. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you what we just read there. And think about like you go and you pay taxes. Mm -hmm. Okay, you will pay taxes for probably most people in the audience. Say you're making fifty thousand dollars a year. Will pay income taxes your entire life, and will probably spend. Will barely fund this one dumb story. Right. Yeah, $412,000. For nothing. For them to tell you about the gender of ice. It, you want to talk about a government that's too big? How can you possibly argue the other side of that? 
I mean, you know, if you, obviously the right thing to do is just delete all these studies, and they should not. None of it should be uh, done publicly. If you're a private university, and you want to dump, uh, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars in the glacier, the gender of ice study, go ahead, do it. If you're uh, some crazy scientist and you think this is a good idea, go ahead. How the hell am I paying for that? I don't know. Even if it's just a fraction of a cent of the of the money that I spend every year in taxes. Uh, I, I can't imagine. It's just insanity. One of these scientists said, I wanted to know more about the relationship between men. No, I wanted to know more about the relationship between women and ice. So we pursued the topic from climate change vulnerability to knowledge. Yeah, because they need what? more feminine perspectives, Pat. <laughs> I don't, do you understand what the hell? What is the relationship between ice and women. Well, that's what they're trying to find out. They're cold as ice. Uh, they're willing to sacrifice our love. Is that what it comes down to? Boy, that sounds that sounds. Maybe so, that's what it comes down that to. Sounds so foreign. They're as to me. cold as ice. Yeah, it is foreign, but it's a fact. Welcome. Uh, according to the New York Post editorial board, and I would uh, say this is probably true, <clears throat> sensitivity fasci- fascists. So the sensitivity people, hmm. they're turning our colleges into daycare centers. That is really true. How will today's college students function once they leave campus find the world uh, isn't a giant safe space protecting them from things they don't want to hear? What is going to happen to these kids? When they get out in the real world and at work, you know, they have to hear something they don't like. Hey, there's going to be p- perpetual traumatization. Oh, uh, University of Pis- Pittsburgh students last week declared themselves in danger and traumatized over a provocative campus speech by uh, Milo y- Yiannopoulos. I don't know who Milo is. Do you know Milo? Uh, he, I, I don't know. I, I know he's. I think he's one of the guys. Um, he's had some issues. I've seen it on Twitter. I think you've probably seen us too, Jeffy, where he maybe got censored on Twitter. Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah that's yeah. the only reason yes. I think. I, I don't know what. I think he works for one of the websites. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm sorry, Breitbart. I'm being Breitbart told. Guy. Okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I guess he was. At least people say that he's been censored. I don't know the backstory though. Um, myself. So. Okay, um, but. Anyway, they were so traumatized that at a student government hearing, they demanded to know why the school hadn't provided. <laughs> Seriously? I missed this. How did we miss this story? At the University of Pittsburgh, students were so traumatized by this speech by this Breitbart guy that they demanded to know why the school hadn't provided on-site therapy for those who felt invalidated by the speech. If you feel invalidated by a speech, you are invalid. <laughs> and you need to go home. 
Okay? You need to go back home and live with mom and dad. Oh, yeah. You do. And just never you're not gonna go make outside. It. You're not going to make it. Never. You're just not going to make it. <laughs> this is so freaking pathetic. A speech that no one had to attend, but people did anyway. Student government president broke down in tears as she heard the complaints. Oh, my gosh. Then apologized for spending student funds on the guest, but said court rulings had left her no choice. Meanwhile, two members of Bedoin College's student government faced impeachment for attending a tequila party where some guests wore tiny sombreros. Oh, my gosh. You just didn't say that live, did you? On the I did. Air? Can I we did. edit well, that out, Stations? We probably stations. edit Stations down the line. Please yeah. edit when I said tiny sombrero. <laughs> oh my again? again? Oh, my gosh. Edit, edit when he said tiny sombrero. Oh, now you, <laughs> now you oh, did it. No, okay. you Stop said saying tiny, tiny sombrero. Okay, both of those tiny, uh, tiny sombreros mentions two. need to be edited. Oh, man. That's a lot of tiny sombrero <laughs> mentions. <laughs> oh, there it goes again. Oh, no. Oh, no. The school launched an instant investigation into this act of ethnic stereotyping, put party-goers <laughs> on uh, social probation, and oh, expelled the hosts from their dorms. Good. <laughs> Good. I mean, if you go to Mexico, okay, and you go to a place where they're celebrating Mexican culture, will they ever? I mean, I don't think they'll be tiny sombreros, but they probably would have sombreros, would they not? Yes. Yeah. That, that was, yes. It's not really a stereotype. If they're if no. Mexico is the one saying it, right? Like, I mean, they're saying it about themselves. Jeez. Uh, and. If only more colleges had presidents like Oklahoma Wesleyan's Everett Piper, who in December told his students to grow up and get a backbone. Remember that? We, we did that story. Creation of a safe, safe space so that a countering idea cannot enter your world. There's nothing but ideological fascism, he said. At least his, his graduates won't melt into puddles in a real world because they'll have attended a college, not a daycare center. Yeah. I mean, that is amazing. Again, I always wonder about this, and we've had this conversation before with these things. The, the standard way of thinking of these things is these kids are going through this being so coddled. When they get into the real world, uh, they will be crushed, mm -hmm. and they won't understand what, what the hell is going on, and, and they, they will be disappointed and not be able to function in life and get rolled over by the kids <clears throat> that don't deal with that. Right. The other side about the other side of that is, and I think I'm starting to believe it's more and more likely. Oh boy! Is we're all going to change? For is that. we change? They get into power mm -hmm. and they change the world into the uh, this pathetic society, and the whole country is just a pathetic society. They apply all rules that limit people who can achieve, um, and uh, we wind up just sucking for the rest of existence. <laughs> I mean, it's, kind of, it's kind of the global warming thing. It's like. I, you know, when I first started following global warming, you look at it and you're like, wait a minute. But obviously, like, the advances of civilization are much more impressive than, uh, than the risks of, of what global warming right. is. Mm -hmm. You're talking about, you know, people going from nothing. Civilization was nothing before fossil fuels. And now it's, uh, you know, we've, people are living twice as long. And, and right. there are, more, you know, billions more people able to survive and eat and flourish. And all these great things. Eventually, that argument wins. Right? Yes, there's dumb political moments where you consider things like, oh my God, we're all going to die. They did it with overpopulation. They did it with, uh, with uh, the Silent Spring, uh, where all the, you know, uh, the stupid song we always, uh, we always sing, uh, the birds and the bees, but I don't mind mm. apples. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a big uh, yellow taxi. Big yellow taxi. Thank you. <laughs> <Pave> <laughs> paradise. Put, put up, up a parking, parking lot. lot. Like you, you have these, you flirt with these arguments and then you dismiss them because it's so blatantly obvious the truth. 
which is we need inexpensive energy to keep people alive and, and keep them warm, right? But I think, like, what happens is when you indoctrinate an entire group of children into believing that what they should do is essentially worship the earth, mm-hmm. and every time mm-hmm. someone says something is bad for the earth, they should immediately stop doing it, whether there's scientific evidence to support that or not. Over time, these kids don't question these things. They grow up and they become people who run businesses and run the government. And then they're the ones implementing these things without questioning them because they've been told their entire lives not to question them. And, and then we're just a non-productive society. And we're just a non-productive yeah. society. And that's just a and non-functioning, you know what, that's basically, non-productive really, society. It's, it's our fault. It's our it fault. is our fault. Yeah. Because we said, yes. instead of standing up and saying, sit down and shut up. Right. You know what you're talking about. Right. And no, you're not going to teach my kid that. That's crap. And most of the time, of we, said, these, we just said, yeah, you know, that's crap. Don't even worry about that and walked away. Yeah, they'll, they'll learn later on. And instead and of don't. telling them, look, shut up about being invalidated by a speech. If you can't handle it. a speech, don't go to the speech for one thing. <laughs> First of all. And, and, and uh, on, on the second point, grow up! <laughs> Man up! Or woman up and go to the speech and just decide you disagree with it and go about your business. What about, seriously, if you your know, kids uh, went to a speech geez. and it was a guy, Noam Chomsky, mm-hmm. you know, somebody crazy on the left. And you went in there and they were speaking and they made crazy points on the left. Mm-hmm. And they made insulting points on the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, they insulted the flag and then Ronald Reagan and, all, and George Washington was a slave owner. Would you... Then rush to the school, because this is a parent's thing. If the kid says, I'm invalidated, and, and the parent doesn't say, hey, idiot, snap out of it, mm-hmm. uh, then it's really the parent's fault at that right. point. And, and when you're talking about, like, would that, if that happened to your kid, they got, and probably has. I mean, you've had, you have 1,400 yes. kids. One of them had to, had to go into <laughs> yes. a left-wing speech. It's happened. Uh, what did you say? Did you say run away and hide? How can they invalidate you? Or did you say, hey... You listen to it. Do you think it's stupid? Well, you better come up with good arguments on the other side. I said, did you ask the uh, principal about a safe space? Thank you. Where you wouldn't have to Thank be you. subjected to this? That's what I said. That's what <laughs> I asked. You're such a hard If you don't get an answer today, uh, then I'm going to come down there and ask myself. Right. You need a safe space. And you needn't be subjected be- to being invalidated that way. Uh, and uh, you're, you're not a valid person. If uh, you have to listen to that kind of thing, that's what I told him. And uh, how'd that work out? <laughs> they wept. And then wet their bed that night. Really? Yeah, that's sad. I mean, I used to get it from from my oldest son, right, at the University of Missouri. Professor, bad mouth and Glenn Beck again. Whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, what you do is you tell them what the real deal is, right? And you you hear what they. You, you ask them what was said, you discuss what was said, you hopefully uh, give them another way to look at it if they don't already know, and I think my kids do, yeah. um, and then you move on. It's not a big deal, right? I mean, th- we, we've heard speeches from people that we don't like a billion times, and so have my kids, but now it's to the point where these little lefties you know, these who've gotten participation trophies their whole lives and don't want to be subjected to anything that's contrary to their worldview, they can't handle it. They just are completely unprepared to hear anything but what they've been told about climate change, about uh, social welfare, about social justice. And if you challenge that world, they're invalidated. I mean, it's 
uh, it's a whole country of weaklings that we're raising. Weird. It's not good. It's a weird thing to aspire to. It is. You know, I mean, it, it is. And look, I mean, we've got this story, too, that kind of goes along with it. The U.S. Navy is now giving overweight sailors a second chance at fitness oh, tests. Right. Uh, see, I, I tend to agree with that. Do you? I mean, do you, Fatso? As an overweight athletic guy. Thank uh, you. Uh, athletically thank you. overweight. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to say that thank correctly. Thank you. Okay, athletically you. overweight. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people that aren't. There's a lot of overweight people and that are And you're saying not. Chris Christie, for example, is just a fat guy. <laughs> That's correct. And you can tell, just by the way. <laughs> But you are, you tell, again, what, what are you again? But you are <laughs> athletically, athletically overweight. overweight. I mean, that's but right. you basically can't even move. <laughs> like, I mean, you're, you're one of the most, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you can't move. <laughs> like, Well, I mean, that's because in the, in the early days I was athletically overweight. Oh, okay, so you're no longer athletically overweight. Yeah, I paid for that. So you're you not. Uh, you're not. That. So now you're just a normal fat guy. Uh, well, I'm still athletic, but <laughs> mentally, <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, actually, right. yes. I will okay. say you are as smart as many athletes. <laughs> uh, I will. I will <laughs> say that. <laughs> overweight sailors who failed the U.S. Navy's strict fitness tests are about to be given a further chance as the force struggles to find enough talented crew members. Uh, So intense was the struggle to lose weight that some in the Navy were undergoing liposuction, taking diet pills, and embarking on crash diets. Uh, What we've tried to do in this policy change with the tenets of better health and being uh, mission-ready is the focus, is to make sure we're not throwing out good sailors. Because we can meet both ends of that spectrum. This is what we get. This is what we get, though. This is what we get. By creating the safe zones, by creating people yep. that can't put up with speech that's not theirs. Now they want, you know what, I don't have to work that hard to be good in the Navy. But I still want to be in the Navy. Yep. So you need to make what you want from me less so I can get in. And what they'll do is just change the Navy standards. Well, just, okay, if you're fat, you can just be in the Navy. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to have a pretty ineffective Navy. With a bunch of fatties. I will say this, however. Um, I don't like the way you say fatty, to be honest. It's starting, <laughs> starting to make me a little angry, to be honest. But go ahead, Stu. I'm sorry. I will say that if like it's one tone. thing to change your standards in which you're saying people are uh, unable, like people who are Jeffy's ilk can mm-hmm. now get into mili- mili- you know, different branches of the military. That's obviously bad. We don't want that. We Nobody want wants that. that. <laughs> okay, Jeffy, for a thousand reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, weight is just a very small one. I mean, dis- you know, diseases, communicable diseases, um, you know, just felony. As long as nothing flares felonious. up, you're good. Yeah, no, I know. So, <laughs> moral aptitude. Moral aptitude. Uh, intelligence. Uh, intelligence. You know, uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot of reasons you a would not be allowed. My point, though, is that if you are a fat guy, if you're a Jeffy uh, athletically overweight guy, and you do not uh, get to these, uh, th- these standards. standards, there's no reason you can't go, uh, you know, lose some weight and come back and hit the standards. Like, or maybe is, go to another branch. You don't have. Why do you have to be a well, Navy true. SEAL if you can't be a Navy SEAL? That's true too. I mean, but I mean, I don't think that it's, it's unlike something like you have a felony in your past that disqualifies you for a job, but you can't clear up. You did that. The point is, you need to be in shape when you're in the military. So mm-hmm. if you go and you fail the test and then you come back and you're in shape, why wouldn't you be let in? Right. It's not like you... The standard for for the Navy isn't, or shouldn't be at least, you've never been fat in your life. The point is, are you fat now? Right. Right. right? Like, right. Who cares if you were fat six months ago or a year ago? Right. And even so, it was, the Navy standard was 22% body fat 
uh, for men, 17 to 39. Now it's 26% body See? fat. Uh, for women in the same age range, they only accepted 33% body fat. Now, why do the women get away with more body fat than the men? Now it's so it's gone from 33 to 36. Everything has to be exactly the same. To Pat. 36% for women. Oh wait. Well, except no. It's not. Except when the standard is more difficult for a woman. Right. Uh, as judged against a man, they always change it for him. Do they not? I mean, so that they can be in the Navy. I mean, that's just wrong. Number of sailors who left the Navy annually because they didn't meet physical standards is more than doubled. It's up to 1,536 uh, in the latest year that's available, 2014. It's absurd, the percentage of high school teenagers who are considered to be too fat to join the military. Uh, but in fact, they are, and so we're changing the standards. It's crazy. 888-727-BECK. More patents, too. Coming up in a second. This is a good time to tell you about my athletic prowess. Uh, after that break, right? You know, because I'm I'm pretty pretty well known as, uh, as. I mean, first of all, I'm a Canadian sports celebrity. Uh, people know that. Mm. Obviously, we've been told that by you. You. Well, I mean, me and you know, I don't know everybody you in Canada. And you. I mean, you when you were in Canada. Well, me when I was in Canada is one of them, mm, one of the right, Canadians. Right. Um, anyway, uh, you saw the catch uh, at the Toronto Blue Jays game several years ago when I uh, basically saved their season. Uh, and uh, <laughs> that's been several years ago now. It really has been actually. Oh my gosh. Is, uh, not that recent. Anyway, uh, so I actually do, uh, and I know it doesn't show necessarily, but I do actually try to get myself to the gym. I try to actually do some exercise. I have two small kids. I'm chasing around all the freaking time. You know, running out of energy at this point in my life is, is can be common. Okay, it can be commonplace. That's why I do use Superbeats. Now, Superbeats, these are two. Uh, I actually only had the black cherry one. I haven't tried the other one yet. The good thing about Superbeats, though, is uh, it doesn't taste like beets. Because beets, let's be honest about it, they're kind of a weird vegetable. There's like lots of really great things in there. These dietary nitrates that give you energy, uh, and you should probably be having them. Doctors say it's a really good thing for you to do that gives you more energy. However, I don't want to be eating beets. I'll be honest with you. That's not my thing. Uh, Super Beets makes this easy. It's just a shot of uh, Super Beets is equal to like two liters of beet juice. It's ridiculous. And you can feel the energy that it gives you within about 20 minutes. Why not? If you're going to go to the gym, if you've got kids to chase around, why not give Super Beets a try? Give, it a call, give them a call at 800-951-8896. 800-951-8896. Or go to the website, stewlovesbeets.com. stewlovesbeets.com. 800-951-8896 and stewlovesbeats.com. Try it out. Look at oh, is that a new shirt? That's fantastic. That's right, guys. I went to patandstew.com and was able to purchase this wonderful T-shirt. Is that Pat Amberson Stew or Pat and Stew? Patandstew.com. Patandstew.com features all of this shirt. <laughs> um, you can buy it at uh, patandstew.com. By the way, uh, it's, a, it's got a call saw. Uh, <laughs> kind of a playoff of uh, Better Call Saul. Uh, if you watch that show, which is tremendous, Bob Odenkirk, by the way, um, and then his uh, kind of all of his insults and uh, Trump mm -hmm. um, and his Saul Alinsky uh, tactics, uh, show it to the world. It's a cool T-shirt, and it'll show everybody uh, that uh, you think Donald Trump is in the douche hall of fame, which he is. 
By the way, should we get some Douche Hall of Fame shirts made up? Yes, That'd we should. Mm -hmm. And he is the nozzle, too. So The grand nozzle? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He sure is. There was a guy who was a bad guy, too. Uh, Sol uh, Linsky. Uh, well, Chris Matthews liked him. Bad freaking guy. <laughs> but Chris Matthews said it was one of his best, one of his heroes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So why, know. so why would you say that he's a bad guy? Just a bad guy. Uh, dedicated his book to uh, Lucifer and talked many times about how uh, he would like to, I believe he said he wants to go to hell because he would organize it there. Yeah. And that's what he does. He organizes things. And, and in hell... Uh, in heaven, you're there because of merit. In hell, you're there because you have no uh, principle values or something like that. And that's where he would belong. And that, and that then he would organize all the people of hell to take it over. I, just a bizarre bad guy uh, who advocated for, you know, m Marxism in America. And uh, I'm not for that. Not for any of that. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty convinced of that. Hmm. So. 100% against Marxism in America. 100%. Are you, le are you a leaner? Are you I'm leaning against it? not leaning at all. Okay. No. Hmm. Straight up and down against it. Yeah. I know. Hmm. I know. Hmm. Call me crazy. 888-727-BECK. Also, uh, we, we've had some stories lately uh, of people who've had abortions and liked it. Yeah, um, it's really fun all of a sudden. Proud of it. Mm -hmm. um, but 13 years ago, Lee Edwards gave birth to her son. Throughout her entire pregnancy, she was unaware of the fact that her child had Down syndrome. Uh, and she says that information would have made all the difference. In an article for The Independent, the British mother wrote about her first moments with her newborn son. She gazed down at him uh, only to observe that he was puny and, yellow, and a yellow-tinted creature. Uh, when she learned that her son, away? when she learned her son had Down syndrome, uh, her dreams of spending the rest of her life as a proud and caring mother evaporated. Looking back, she confessed that her 23-year-old self would have aborted him had she known about the genetic disorder. Uh, there's no doubt I would have cho chosen a termination Amazing. if I'd been told about my son's condition while I was pregnant. As an immature 23-year-old, I would have asked myself. How on earth will I be able to cope with bringing up a child with disabilities? What quality of life would he have? Would it be fair to my parents who would have to help me out? Uh, but after more than a decade of parenthood, she shared that her experience gradually uh, changed her perspective. So she's glad now that she didn't know because oh, she would have and didn't want to. However, then she goes on to say something about... Um, uh, but women... How, how did that go, Andrew? You were telling me that because I don't, I don't see it here. Um, uh, today, she would still carry out the pregnancy. However, she still defends the right, right of women like her to choose to abort their babies because of a disability. Right. She doesn't want. She doesn't want uh, other mothers to have children with disabilities if they don't want to. That's. I mean, is that crazy? Stupid. With her own experience, I mean, you wouldn't have wanted to, and now it's turned out well for you, and you're glad, and you love the child. And you wouldn't have it any other way. But for others, you think they should go ahead and not have that experience and, and kill their child. Life News reported I'm... that as many as 90% of women who receive the prenatal diagnosis that their unborn child has Down syndrome choose abortion. 
Wow. I, I bet wow. that's true. I, I mean, bet that's true. You yeah. know, and who knows how many of those were yeah. wrong. I mean, everyone, you know, there's always yeah, the, misdiagnosis happens all the time, obviously. Wow. Um, you know, and probably very few, but some were probably wrong. And, you know, 90% is, it's, it's, I mean, look, it is, it's not, it's not to downplay to say that it's not, you know, having a child with a disability can be very difficult and, and, and it can be incredibly uh, challenging and inconvenient and it can change your whole life plans and all of those things are real but we as a society should probably put life on a higher pedestal than those things and it doesn't seem like we do very often at least um, you know it's it's uh, you know they, they they tell you that when I, you know with both of my kids we had the, the they asked us about the tests you can get tests mm -hmm. for all of these things um, and uh, you know there's it's a weird th moment there of thinking about it because I think most people, as you say here, Jeffy, 90% of people who find out that they have a positive diagnosis wind up aborting the child. Um, part of you thinks maybe I don't want this test at all because I, I don't want to be tempted or something. You know, um, mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot of people say, um, I, well, I want the test and if it comes out positive for Down syndrome, I'm going to abort the child. Uh, I think, if I remember correctly, we got the tests, but with no intention, obviously, right. of, 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 God forbid, ever aborting a child. Um, but still, like, I, I, I figured, why not have the information? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I don't think it's bad to have the information. I think the issue is that some people think that they actually would change their mind in that situation. You know, luckily, we sit mm -hmm. here and blather on about these issues uh, all the time and, and, you know, really have thought them out. But not everybody's in that position, especially when you're 23 years old. Right. You know? Who knows? That's right. We, 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 I mean, you're thinking about your life and your convenience at those moments. Uh, we've definitely seen that mm -hmm. uh, with these women who yes. have had these abortions and they're proud of it. And, and they, all they care about is their life in that moment. Right? They're, they're not considering the child's life at all. Uh, well, because we teach them as a society. Obviously, if the child's life was important, it would not be legal. We were telling, as a Correct. society, sending an overwhelming signal Correct. that your life is way more important than your kid's life, at least till after they're born. Right. Um, and, you know, look, I, that's, that's a, it's a decision the society has made a long time ago. I mean, I, you know, I, I, but, it, you know, obviously we advocate <laughs> against it because, I mean, it, it, it's easy to, to hide it. Another thing society decided a long time ago, at least American society, is that we don't torture, right? What? We don't torture people. Okay. Um, but how do you feel about waterboarding uh, in general? Are you okay with waterboarding? Do you consider that torture? I don't think you can consider something torture when we do it intentionally to our own military recruits. Okay. It's kind of how I felt about it. Um, how do you feel about a Wisconsin man who's been accused of waterboarding his girlfriend? To find out if she cheated on him. Was she a willing participant in that? No. No, she wasn't. Was she a terrorist? Uh, no, she was she not. Was she imprisoned but uh, because no. she was shooting at her? Did she finally admit her wrong? Well, I'm sure she did because if he waterboarded her, <laughs> she would probably admit to sleeping with her own mother. That's right. <laughs> you know that's right. Yes. Yes, yes just yeah. stop it within 10 I seconds. I slept with your whole family. I stop. I football team. I I slept with Sasquatch. I slept with everybody. Yes. Wait, so are you saying that you think though, when it comes to torture, that you get false? Uh, I think you can. You can. It is possible. I think with waterboarding, it is so unpleasant well, that as a man who's been insureboarded uh, on this very set, right? that's correct. Uh, I right. Can tell you, you know how unpleasant it can be. Far too chocolatey. Yeah. <laughs>
Outcry, wasn't it? It was, it was. Uh, so this particular 22-year-old is facing six felonies and three misdemeanors, including suffocation, stalking, and battery. Uh, and it doesn't, does it ever say, uh, Jeffy, I don't think it ever says if she, if he actually got out of her, whether or not she was cheating on him. I, I don't think it ever did say that. No, <laughs> I mean, the, the that's the story. one but, part of the I mean, that's story the I joke, right? The joke is, is that obviously yeah. she would be admitting to that, but really, she would. Um, you know, it if it worked the way it's supposed to work, I mean, he was out to find out the truth. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, you don't. Get you get to, the truth that way. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so. Well, this is what I always think. It's like we don't have a policy in our own military with military recruits in certain branches in which we intentionally, they all line up and we stand there and we get the strongest guy uh, or, that we know and punch them in the face. Right. Right. We don't do that. Right. We don't no. just punch our troops no. in the face. We don't. Right. Um, we don't do a lot of things to them that happen to people in like bar fights or whatever. Like we do waterboard them. Yeah. And the reason we waterboard them is because it's something that is obviously tests your fortitude quite a bit. Uh, we want them to be prepared for what could happen to them, um, in, uh, in, in certain circumstances, but we would not, if we won't punch them in the face, which is obviously assault, but not torture. Right, like we've all been punched in the face at some point in our lives, probably Jeffy. Yeah. I mean, almost daily we punch him in the face, or <laughs> our elbow, and whatever you know, whatever we, whatever's around at the time, we throw things at him. You know, mm -hmm. everyone's been, everyone's had a moment where they got in a fight when they were a kid and they got got hit. Mm -hmm. It's like we don't do that to our soldiers, but we'll waterboard them. What does that tell you? It's not that waterboarding is is uh, you know completely um, uh, wonderful. It's not like going to a spa. It's not better than being, I'd rather be punched in the face than waterboarded. But the point being that mm -hmm. if we're going to go to that, those lengths as training, um, you know, I, I certainly terrorists can, can get that uh, treatment in, yes. in, in my mind. Uh, mine too. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. More patents too coming up. I was just reading about the guy who waterboarded his girlfriend. Now, first of all, he's completely whacked out of his mind. Yes. Is he? Yeah. Completely yeah. whacked out of his mind. Shocking. Yeah, this is a stunning development. It is. Story. It is. Yeah. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Uh, Jeffy's got a unique perspective on this next story that uh, Stu and I were both uh, very anxious to hear. Uh, and we're so, not, we're, and we should be clear here: we're not going to just leave when he starts talking. No, <laughs> let's be clear about that. So Jeffy, uh, walk us through this, uh, you know, thing that you're about to talk about. Absolutely. All right. A year in space mm -hmm. by Scott Kelly. He's back back on Earth. Now, which is fascinating, he's spent a record number of 540 days in space. That's like the first uh, and foremost most days in space for an American. The foremost most? Yes, the foremost <laughs> most right. for, the, for an American. Most, Just trying to think, I was trying to think what the total is. I don't remember. It might say in the story here. I don't remember what the uh, Russian has for total days in space. Mm -hmm. But uh, he's back now. He's at Houston uh, being uh, – he's – in 
quarantine right now. Uh, that's fascinating. The first couple of days he went out. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Stu was talking off the air about his height. They made a yeah. big deal about him being taller when he came back from space. Now, I'm getting a soda here, but I actually am interested in this because they made a big deal that he grew two inches. Correct. What? While in no, space. No, he didn't. Yes. Yeah. He well, grew two inches? He was two inches taller uh, when he came back yeah, in space. But Have they explained that? Yes. Uh, it's, to, it's the gravity. Uh, he really didn't grow. It's just that his uh, all the uh, bones weren't jammed together because of gravity. What? So yeah. So he's when he once he got back on Earth, gravity pulls you back together. So he's now uh, lost the two inches. Yes. Okay. Seriously, and is that one true? Of the, one of the things that uh, made this study so cool <clears throat> is that he has a twin brother who stayed here on Earth. Mm -hmm. And you know they were testing both of them at the same time. The differences. The, and now they're both. You'd be able to see the differences now of. Back on Earth, what happened to him a year in space, and his brother here on Earth. <laughs> he, uh, he said that he hadn't struggled like some other astronauts when he got back here on Earth. If, if, when you think about it, the other astronauts said that they had a really tough time when they come back to Earth adjusting to things not floating. Like you'd be in your kitchen and you have a glass of something and you just let go of it. Uh -huh. You spent right. so much time in space. Sure. You're used to uh, having it float away, but at your house, it falls a break. That would be weird, actually. That yeah, would be like weird. That's weird. Trying he to, said that he it's also a weird had, story. Keep telling us more about it. He's been having a tough time um, uh -huh. adjusting to um, clothes and the way things feel on his body. He clothes his skin, in space. He was naked his the whole time. His skin was uh, burning from some of the sense. That's why he's in quarantine now, because he's susceptible to uh, a lot of... Uh, <laughs> new human diseases here on Earth since he was up in space clean living for a mm. while. Mm. Sort of a little weird. I mean, this yeah. is, I mean, so is the point of this just to see what happens to people? Yes. And, you know, they're preparing, obviously, for trying to travel to Mars and beyond. So, um, well, yeah, you'd be in space for six months of travel time, right? Right. Well, six months of travel time there and six months back. Right. So it's a year total. Uh, and then whatever time you spend on Mars. Right. And usually, from what I understand, like a, a lot of people wind up getting stuck up there and have to like farm and stuff right, right on Mars. Happens like a lot. Like, yeah, in, in <coughs> like there one this one guy oh, yeah. he was lived the there for a year and a half, yeah. eighteen months by himself, yeah. and he had to that. he had to uh, farm in his own poop yep. and made potatoes and stuff. It's, he was up there so long gross. he was twenty feet tall. Wow. Yeah. Really? Back. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's what happens on Mars. Why do you tall? Yeah. yeah. That's one of the things you don't think about is you have to make, to be comfortable, you'd have to make bigger cars. Right? You know? Yeah. When Plus you get back, you're going to have to. It's a solid point. <laughs> it really is. You're 20 feet tall. You're not going to fit in the car, Pat. Um, Unless you get a convertible. They say uh, there's some things that, you know, we don't consider. Like water is really heavy, so that getting it to the International Space Station is really expensive. A hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars a gallon? What? That's I mean, that's a government ripoff, right? Uh, think about it. That's, wow! Come on. I think probably just liftings. I mean, whenever you're adding weight, right? That's probably how they're figuring. That's why out. we needed. That's why we needed NASA out of. Uh, you know, we needed private companies going up to get the trash off the space station and coming back. Right? We didn't need yeah. NASA doing that. NASA's charging one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a gallon. Stop. Can't you just like open up the door and just push it out? I mean, what do you mean go get the trash and bring it back? No, well, <laughs> I call them trash environmentalists. Runs. Yeah, I call yeah. them trash runs. Okay. This is super runs. nasty. Um, because of the expense of this, though, the orbiting lab is equipped with a distiller and filters that recycle the astronauts' urine and sweat into clean drinking water. Okay. No, thank you. No. 
Uh, Why? Yeah, that's nasty. That's nasty. I would have a tough time with the uh, close quarters. You know, it's it's not. And really, he, was he al- he was alone? Was no, he no, was no, no, not no. alone. No, he wasn't alone. Was he there with uh, the Russians? Yeah, I think uh, I forget who all was with him, but they a couple of them had rotated out. Wow. Uh, the time he was there, and he spent. I mean, he. And this is his fourth mission. Right. The year uh, in space was. That's the, amazing. Yeah, he, that's why it gave him the total. This trip was 340 days yeah. in a row, but total he's got like 540 or something like that. Did he uh, lose um, his hair in space? Yes. Is that part of the deal? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a space thing. Okay. Uh, it, first of all, they got rid of it before he left because it's $350,000 a follicle to go into space. That's a lot. So they, he just shaved it off. Yeah, that's too, that's too much. That's too much. Inside the low Earth orbit home, uh, Kelly... Experienced no weather at all, of course. There's not a single fresh, cool breeze passed through the station. After nearly a year without it, he puts weather atop his list of things he most he missed most. Yeah. That's interesting. Yes, yeah, he really enjoyed coming. He, one of the first things he said, and they showed him doing it, was uh, jumping in his pool in Houston. Uh, he just wanted to get back on Earth and be in a swimming pool. <laughs> Pretty fascinating. Yeah, that's cool. For 340 straight days... He ate food almost exclusively from a pouch and drank his liquids. Again, filtered urine and sweat. That's nasty. Oh, it's filtered. That's filtered. Uh, To make matters worse, an astronaut's intake is closely monitored and designed to provide exactly the nutrients they need. Uh, Sleeping, meanwhile, uh, Kelly said that while he's never been a great sleeper, he gets less sleep in space and definitely misses sleeping in a bed. Unlike collapsing onto your bed after a long day, sleep in microgravity means there's no change in the level of relaxation or comfort you experience. Right. That would be true, right? You're floating around all day, and then in order to go to sleep, you continue to float. And your personal space at the space station is like a phone booth. You know, that's that's you don't have, that's the space right. you get. That's your personal space. And unlike the movies and you know the sci-fi stuff where they uh, have artificial gravity. We don't actually have that. <laughs> so, so you float the whole time. <laughs> there's no, there's no, hey, I'm in my uh, artificial gravity chamber now where I'm just walking around the space station. No, that doesn't happen. What are you floating for? Let me push my gravity button. <laughs> there. Yeah. Do we have the uh, the picture, the, the ape thing one more time? Yeah, that the was cra- the, him just having fun so he brought up in a, the space station. Which I always find, it's kind of interesting just from the perspective of if it costs $125,000 a gallon to bring something in, into space, what does it cost to bring a monkey costume into space? $1 million. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, he was up there place around. He his whole year was documented on Instagram and Twitter, which uh, will I mean I'm sure they'll make a fortune off of that. But he's it's been a, a really interesting year. The pictures he's taken. I didn't know they took a monkey up there too. Who was the yeah. ape? Yeah, yeah. They brought the monkey yeah, from huh. uh, yeah, wow. from Zambia. All right, triple eight seven two seven back. Uh, thank you for that segment, uh, Jeffy. That was very insightful. More patents too. Really, I mean, really, seriously, well, you, you, seriously, you do is is incredible. You know the stuff the things, that you said. You know the, the stuff you were saying about that guy was really good. He's good.
All right, triple eight seven two seven Beck. Pat and Stu, a couple of interesting things here to finish up with. Uh, first of all, uh, the verdict came in in the Aaron Andrews yeah. trial, right? Should, Aaron should. Andrews is the ESPN, very attractive ESPN reporter. And somebody filmed her or took pictures of her through a keyhole when she was naked. And uh, so, uh, that I mean, that happened years ago. And she finally got the lawsuit going. She finally sued for $75 million and she got 55 Yeah, they came back yesterday with $55 million. Now, she was suing. Wow. She tried to sue Marriott uh, Corporate as part of this deal. And the je that got thrown out. They said no. Uh, the Marriott Corporate is not responsible for this. Okay. Uh, so then she came back and sued uh, uh, Nashville Marriott, which is at the Vanderbilt University, which is where it happened. And then Windsor Capital Group and Barrett. Barrett is the guy that did the filming, who's already been found guilty of the stalking. Who's Windsor Capital Group? I, I don't. I, that, I believe, is, is actually the company that owns the Marriott there in Nashville. Got it. And uh, so they split it in half, like 49% goes they have to pay, and 51% Barrett has to play. Okay, but she gets 55 But the total reward dollars? from the jury was $55 million. Wow, for but what? But that doesn't mean she's going to get that. Is that in pain and suffering? For what? I mean, it, she I mean, can, no, she's her, had a tough time, Pat. She, yeah, I know. Well, wait a okay. minute. I mean, she was, she, I mean, it is a bad case. It, I mean, it is. Was a, she, was, she was being stalked. Yes. Uh, she was but, filmed. Uh, yes. Uh, what she did not dollars. know. Yes. Right. I, like, here's what I, because, I mean, the case is a real thing. Like, I mean, she was freaking, if, yes. if this happened to someone, you know, your wife, you'd be freaking Absolutely. And I know her dad really well. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's from Tampa. Steve Andrews, a television reporter in Tampa. Okay. Yeah. And uh, she, he even said, and said in court that she was just devastated, doesn't want to go out anymore. Yeah, I mean, she, and she se it seems to really have affected her. And plus, she was being stalked. It wasn't just mm -hmm. that she got, a, you know, a sex tape was leaked. Right. Like, she didn't know. She wasn't participating in it. It was a big issue. Marriott, it's in this particular hotel as well, uh, she, uh, first they disclosed she was there. Then they allowed someone who came... They never do that. I mean, that is yeah, that's, bizarre. That's rare enough. It's bizarre. But then they gave the person who was asking if right. she was there the room the next, next to her. Wow. I mean, which is really bad. Now, they say uh, she, that he, um, he scammed them, too. Well, Marianne's like, wait a minute. He came up and he said, you know, like, we fell for their scam, his scam. And what was his scam? I think he was saying that he knew her or was his producer. Or I don't know exactly what the, what the situation was. Bottom mm. line was, what I was thinking of is... Because Marriott made the argument in court, and this did not help them, um, that uh, this did not hurt her career. It actually helped her career. Um, and uh, no. Well, I disagree with that. I think, I think it did. Why? why don't, you don't think it did? Helped her? Yeah. I, no. How did that help her? It certainly made her a lot more famous, yeah. I think, is their argument. I mean, she, um, she's a sports reporter, and she, she does was, dancing with the stars. She's got TV right. gigs. This, I mean, she's made, let me ask you this. She does, would have had that anyway. You think Aaron Andrews, just doing college football reporting on ESPN, is in, on Dancing with the Stars without that scandal? I don't think that's true. I, I don't think that's true. It's either. not impossible. But if she was not that well-known. Like, she was a pretty well-known sideline reporter. Correct. But how many sideline reporters for college football, then other than Aaron Andrews, show. have made it to Dancing with the right. Stars? That number's going to be a, a big, fat zero. Now, I think it's a, now look, I, I, I'm with you, Stu. I, I believe that that's, that is a fair argument. It's a terrible argument for Marriott to make in court. I disagree. They've got to try to win the case. Well, I, it didn't help them. No, all, it did not. Obviously. No, well, uh, because it makes, because, I mean, everyone, every person I've heard say this is like, I can't believe they would say that. Really? How dare you? Yeah, because they're all, I mean, and like, it is a terrible thing it, because it was not her intent. Of course they would say It's that. not her fault. 
she's a victim here. And to say that it helped her makes you think that mm-hmm. she's being vic- helped by a crime, which is not. But I do think it helped her notoriety. And she's in a, in, a, in a, that does not mean she would have traded it. And she needs to be able to make that choice. Correct. So, but the question I have is, there are stalker cases, ask Jeffy, every single day across America, right? Stalkers come in, they take pictures. Mm-hmm. If a lady down the street from where you live gets her picture taken mm-hmm. through a peephole and she's naked and gets posted on the Internet, my question is, does she get $55 million? Because I'm going to think that my guest isn't going to be no one. <laughs> no one. She's no. going to get $100. No. She got $55 because she's Aaron Andrews. Because she's Aaron Andrews. And they wanted to make a statement, which I'm fine yep, with. Yes. And these things, she's right on this case. I have no problem with her getting I everything know. that she should. I, I don't. I mean, That's this, a lot of Especially money. from That's this dirtbag. I don't know if Marriott, if it's really their fault. Um, if they did this and actually... If the way the case that I understand it is that they basically, he talked his way into getting a room next to someone who's not there, that's pretty bad. And they do deserve to pay some money. I I don't know that, you know, certainly they were not in on this. They did not intend to to get, you know, this video taken. This dirtbag who did it should be certainly... Uh, anything can happen to him. I mean, he should be to go to he should go to prison and pay mm-hmm. every dime he ever makes for the rest of his life. I mean, uh, you know, all that's on the table. But I mean, it is a little. I don't know. Like, I am certainly not saying. Um, you know, I'm upset with the verdict. I think it's. You know, it, she should get a, a hefty reward for it. Um, and I think it's more than just okay. Her picture was leaked on the internet. I mean, she seems legitimately terrified yes, and traumatized by this. Yes, like, she I mean, she's she still travel, to this day. You know, yes, yes. She's no, terrified. No to, I mean, she's talked about this before. Terrified of, like, staying alone in hotel rooms. I mean, I, look, it's legitimately bad. But, A, I don't think the average person gets $55 million when this happens to them. I can't imagine that that nope. happens. And, B, their argument about it helping her indirectly probably did help her career, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't make it I mean, right. It certainly and they made split her more... It. No, like, people are more aware of her because of this, and she's in a business where awareness of your personality and who you are is the most important thing. Um, that does not mean that it's okay, and it does not mean that she does not deserve to win, and it does not mean that she should, this guy should not go to jail, and Marriott should pay, and all those things should still happen. So the jury but, didn't give her $75 million, and they cut it. 51% Barrett, the stalker, was responsible which, which, for 51%. Which means $0, right? He's Good luck, right. God bless. You're never getting any dollars right. from him. And uh, 49% was uh, on the hook from the hotel. So she probably will get tens of, a ten, you know, an eight-figure sum out of this. Um, and, you know, like, you know, I've heard uh, actually um, a woman who uh, works here who heard the verdict said, I would absolutely be filmed naked for $55 million. Uh, oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> and so it was not me saying that. But it's like that's it should always be your choice, right? Like, I mean, you should like, well, would I trade this for $55 million? Yes. That's not me saying that. <laughs> that's her saying it. Uh, but it's an interesting thing of like, well, you know, Afterwards, after it's over, it's a lot of money. It's Mm -hmm. a lot of money. However, she seems, I mean, it's not joking. I know. She's legitimately traumatized. That's the way her father uh, talks about it, and he talked about it on the stand under oath. I mean, he is legitimately concerned about his daughter. No question. She seems to really have had it. I mean, look, anything, anybody would have a tough time with it, especially when you're not. You're not, it's not like, you know, I mean, Kim Kardashian, for example, kind of famous because of a sex tape that was leaked. But like, she's making sex tapes. Right. right. Like, you right. know, and yes, it was leaked and that's bad, but like you're already on film naked and other people are seeing it and that shouldn't that's not right. And obviously, you know, people have argued for a long time. That's why she's famous and, and, and it helped her career. With Aaron Andrews, she's just getting changed in her freaking hotel room. Right. I mean, it's really invasive and horrible. And she had no inkling towards this sort of activity. It's, it's you know, you feel terrible for her. But 